0: So today we're going to deal with the subject matter, putting on the new self. Everybody say that with me, putting on the new self. Come on, say it, putting on the new self. A report on the state of the Bible in the U.S. for 2023 was done by the American Bible Society. This is what they report there's a definite falling away of Bible reading in the U.S. There's a definite falling away of Bible reading in the U.S. Despite, and this is what they say, despite the downturn in Bible use, we can still say that about 63 million American adults, and that's about 24%, listen, that's about 24% of all American adults read the bible on their own not just in church but at home and in other places they engage in the word about one-fourth 24 percent of all american adults now again that's 63 million that may sound great but really if that's just a fourth we're talking about in total maybe 252 million or so And then you subtract that and that's a whole lot of millions of folks is not engaging in the bible every week amen That's a lot of folks that are not reading the word it brings to mind when jesus talked about the four different types of soil and he said that only one type would be productive with the seed of the word and you see it right here one fourth of american adults are reading their bibles really serious i guess in a meaningful way Uh, dealing with the bible so only 24 percent of the country reads it uh in a a, on a weekly basis but look at this they also found this encouraging thing about uh in their research about hope how many of y'all know hope is very important if you lose hope see when people lose hope that they lose a sense that it is worth going on. When they can't see that, that something may be coming better toward their life, that's when people get to the point where they just want to take themselves out. That's when people get to the place where they just want to stop it all, end it all. But that's why, that's why you can never allow the enemy to steal your hope. Amen? What is faith? Faith is the substance or the surety or the assurance of things that you what? Hope for. So if there's no hope, your faith is what? It's gone. Hope is so important. Hope is an expectancy that that something better is coming. Amen? This is what they found. That when dealing with the struggles of life, people who engage with the Bible— People who are kind of serious about the Bible. People who read the Bible on a regular basis. They say people who are dealing with struggles but who engage with the Bible have far more hope than others who don't. What does that mean? It's something powerful about getting your eyes into the word, getting your ears to hear the word. It brings hope to your life. Amen. But what did I just say? Only 24% are really serious about reading the Bible in America. So because the Bible is God's Word, again, it is full of hope and it brings faith to our hearts. It is evident that from the study of the Bible, when you engage into the Bible and you read it and you meditate on it, uh, something very positive happens in your life. Now, I'm I'm just going to ask you right now, are you one of those 24% who actually read the Bible away from church at least once or twice a week? They say if you read your Bible at least three or four times a week, you're less likely to fall into sin. Isn't that something you're less likely to fall into sin? Why? Because as you read the Bible, it reminds you of how you're supposed to be living. It reminds you of who you are in Christ, right? So the more you meditate and read the word, it does something to you inside. It does something. It renews your mind. Amen? So these are the reasons, and I'm getting to a point, I told you, I'm going roundabout way at this. The reasons that the study found that people were not reading the Bible, the first one on the list is not enough time. I just don't have enough time. That was the number one thing on the list. Out of all the groups, that was the number one thing. I just don't have enough time to read the Bible. The second thing that they said hindered them from reading the Bible. I just don't know where to start. I just don't know where to start. I don't know how to go about approaching reading the Bible. And I've heard that from some of you all, even in in this ministry. So That's a real thing. The next one is, people said they lacked any type of excitement about reading the Bible. It was just not something that they looked forward to. It was not something that really stood out as something they really would get any joy out of. Right? Is that you? It may be. And then as the list went on, it says they had difficulty relating to the language of the Bible. That's why it's so important to read a Bible that you can understand, right? That's why a lot of times people don't read King James anymore because it's old English, right? So you're reading things like NIV, NLT, uh, you know, those type things. Uh, Then it said the stories are confusing in the Bible. And they said it's difficult to navigate through the Bible. So you have 66 books, and people just don't know where to begin. That's one reason why we're doing small groups. That's one reason why we are reading through books of the Bible, to give you at least a starting point and an entryway into the Word of God. Amen? Some of you probably never read Colossians. All the powerful things in Colossians that we're even going to talk about today You just have to give the word a chance to speak to you. Amen? And if you engage in the word on a regular basis, it will change your mind about life. It will. Can somebody say amen? Amen. So so it is my intent that we be a Bible church, a Bible study type church, a church that, that recognizes the power of the word. How much are you willing to engage the word for yourself? Right? A lot of people like the idea of the Bible. The idea of coming to church. The idea. But every you know, church is not a a, a sideline thing you got to get involved with you have to participate with you the Bible is not something you can just put on a table and say look I got my Bible no you have to open it right and read it and 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 that's when it begins to mean something to you the reason that people don't understand the Bible is because it's just like a novel You, you can look at a book that somebody else wrote and it may have 500 pages It's like man I don't even know where to start with that start from the beginning right? Start from the beginning. Start in Genesis. That's why we did a study in Genesis last year. Start from the beginning. It gives you an understanding. So what am I saying? You have to get to the place where the Bible is a regular part of your everyday life. So you have to figure out how you're going to do that. Again, people love the idea of church but the currency i'm telling you when you think about church it's about the word of god and faith it's about the word of god and allowing yourself to by faith live out the word in your life amen so the word of god is the key to becoming like christ listen i'm i i had not even gotten to my message yet because i'm like it's no reason for me to get to the message until we get this right The word of God is the key to becoming like Christ, and that is what God intends for us all. Everybody say this with me. I have been called to be conformed, to be shaped, to be molded in the image of Christ. Y'all understand that, right? So when God called you to be saved, his number one objective for you is that you be conformed, that you be shaped, that you be molded to look like his son that's why he called you we're supposed to be like little Jesuses. of course you know what i'm saying i'm not saying we're jesus i'm saying we're supposed to copy him we're supposed to replicate him we're supposed to reflect him as best we can and the only way that you can really do that is by getting into the word so you can get the knowledge to do that everybody say knowledge is key but it's not just any knowledge, it's just the knowledge of the Word of God. It's the knowledge of God. It's the knowledge of Christ. Amen? Why is this so important? Because the world is falling apart. And the world needs hope, the world needs answers. And guess who has the answers? The church because we carry the word with us, inside of us. Woke up this morning, and saw this story about uh, the family who said the man next door was playing his music too loud. And, and he, because we just, he was shooting his gun, they were saying, can you stop shooting we trying to, got a little baby over here. Could you please stop shooting? And we just trying to get the baby to sleep. And the man went to the door, with his rifle, and shout up the family. Shout up the family. It just happened last night. So the church is supposed to be light and darkness. But the only way that the church can be light and darkness is is that we carry the knowledge of God inside of us. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. I want to just read this for a moment. 2 Timothy... Chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. And we're gonna, we're gonna just going to stick to NIV today. Uh, NIV. Second Timothy 3. It says, but mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. How many of y'all know when the last days? People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful unholy verse three without love unforgiving slanderous without self-control brutal not lovers of the good verse four treacherous rash conceited lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god verse five having a form of godliness but denying its power have nothing to do with such people how many of y'all know this is the time that we're in the last days. the lord is coming back soon but he's coming back for a church that has been transformed by his word amen he's coming back for us and he wants us to be transformed when we look at Colossians, now we're going to kind of drill down to where we are in the book of, or the letter, the epistle of the Col- to the Colossian church. Paul, one of his main anchor points in his writing to the church at Colossae was that they be full of the knowledge of God. Right? I want you to see this in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. So Paul got a report from Epaphras that this young church in the city of Colossae had received Christ and they were people of the faith and they were remaining in the faith but there were false teachers giving erroneous information about Jesus and and how to know God and Paul wrote to them and said as when he found out about them he says for this reason since the day we heard about you We have not stopped praying for you. Why was he praying? Watch this. We continually ask God to fill you with what? The knowledge of his will. Through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives. Paul is saying that the knowledge of the will of God is one of the main things you need to know. Where's the will of God found in the word? Paul says, I heard that you got saved. I've heard that you know Christ. I've heard that you're in the fight of the kingdom. But I'm praying earnestly for you that you be full to the knowledge of the will of God for your life. Everybody say knowledge is key. But it's not just any knowledge. It's the knowledge of God, the knowledge of Christ. Amen? So that is the important piece as we talk about the book of Colossians. So now, let's get to our text for today. Colossians chapter 3, verse 8. You know something? I'm going to start at 1. We're just going to read it down. Colossians 3. And we're just going to read it down. Verse 1. It says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Continue. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And see what, if if, if you were in Bible study Wednesday, we talked about what this meant. Set in your mind. And ultimately, Paul is saying, look, Jesus is in heaven. He's your Lord. So everything about your life, should come from his viewpoint, his perspective. So allow the lordship of Christ, his kingship in your life, the lordship of your heart is about Jesus. Allow the thoughts and the ways and, 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 and the mannerisms of Christ, the disposition, the attitude of Christ. Uh, let, let that rule your life as you focus on things above. Let, let Christ be the way you live. Look at somebody say, let Christ be the way you live. In other words, let the kingdom ways, the kingdom principles, the, the love of God, the grace of God, let those things be what you're, you're setting your mind on as you live in the earth. In other words, he was saying, Christ is your Lord. He's in heaven. He's guiding you. Allow Christ in heaven to lead you in the earth. How you are to live every day. Amen. Allow Jesus to be the one who, who moves you into truth and in the way he wants you to be as as a believer because what you're supposed to be conforming to the image god is he's making you he's shaping you to the image of his son amen so he says continue for you died everybody say i died with christ and your life is now hidden with christ in god See, you died in christ but you rose newly in christ amen keep going verse four when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. I'm not going to go through these again because we've been talking about this for two weeks. Continue verse 5. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Last week, we, we ran down these words and we talked about them specifically. He said, put to death what? Sexual immorality, impurity, lust evil desires and greed which is idolatry we talked about how all of those things are connected and paul is telling the earth, the young church and he's speaking to us about where the spirit that those things have to be put to death because we have a new life in christ and those things should not be in our lives amen so paul says that list those vices because of those things the wrath of god is coming verse seven You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. Everybody say, I once lived like that. Amen. All that sexual immorality, all that stuff that I was doing, that fornication, all that stuff outside of marriage, all that bad thinking and lustful passions and living within those things, allowing sin to dominate my mind and my body. Paul says, you used to live like that, but now, verse eight, you must also, and so he continues, you must also read yourself of all such things as anger rage malice slander and filthy the language from your lips we talked about those things uh, in, a, in a pretty nice clip last week as we dealt with each one of those but we're not going to stay there verse nine do not lie to each other this is where i want to get to today do not lie to each other in other words he's saying look you have to be truthful because your lord he is truth So how can you be born again in Christ and you're lying to one another? You have to be like Jesus. You have to stop lying to each other. Amen? Since you have taken off your old self with its practices that don't don't change that. Go back, keep it at nine. Today we're talking about putting on the new self. Paul is using imagery of this. I want you to think about a suit of clothes. He's saying your old suit of clothes don't fit you anymore. You ever, you ever bought something maybe 15 years ago that you really liked? You gained a little weight, hips got a little wider, you know. Think, things got a little bigger. Can't quite, but you still like it. Looks good. You look, you, every time you wore that suit, every time you wore that every time you wore them jeans, and people said, man, you look good in that. I love that. And, you, and you, you, you leave it hanging up in your closet and you want to put it on every once in a while because cause you got a lot of compliments. You, were, you felt good about the suit of clothes. You felt good about the blouse, the gym. You felt good. But Paul is trying to get us to say the, the, that suit of clothes, since you have a new life, that suit of clothes, it no longer fits you. And no longer, you, you, you're not supposed to be easily moving, putting that stuff back on, because you now have a new life in Christ. So all that sexual immorality and fornication, all that lying and, and all that stuff, all the things of the earth, around, you got to put that, you got to take it off like old clothes. You got to just throw it off. Look, somebody say, you got to throw the old clothes off, man. You, you, you got to throw it off, all that stuff. See, everybody look up. When you were born again, you received a new life. So them old clothes, you can't put them old clothes on that new life. You understand what I'm saying? You can't can't just go and say, okay, I'm born again in Christ. I have a new spirit. But I'm going to take all that cussing and all that passionate lust and all that fornication and all that cheating on my wife and husband and all. I'm going to put all that back on on top of this new life. How many of y'all know that don't make no sense? So Paul is saying, you got to throw them old clothes away. You got to stop lying. You got to throw all them old habits away, all them old things you used to do, all them old ways you used to have before you knew Jesus. You now have a new life. You're a new person, so so you have something new to put on. So it says, since you have taken off your old self with His practice, in other words, he's taken for granted. You've already taken off that stuff. Let's keep going, verse 10. And what have put on the new self. Look at somebody say, you got a new suit of clothes. Come on, look at somebody say, you got a new suit of clothes. You got a new blouse. You got some new jeans. You got, you know, you got to put it on. You got to start getting comfortable with the new suit of clothing. You see, some of us are too used to the old clothes. We keep trying to go back. Because you enjoyed the old clothes. You enjoyed the old ways. The old thoughts, the old places you used to go in your cl- suit clothes—you you know, the parties, the clubs, the getting high, the getting drunk—you used to like the old. It felt good because the old clothes were wrapped around fleshly behavior, earthly behavior, worldly behavior. Paul says, "No, you got to get rid of them clothes and put on the new self. Put on your new suit of clothes." Which is being renewed, watch this, remember I told you about how important knowledge is? Renewed and knowledge in the image of its creator. I just told you that we have been called by God to be conformed to the image of Christ. So everything about our life should be going toward Jesus. So our new clothes that we have that we've been given our new clothes that but we you know we have a new life i I put it like this we have a new life in christ now we have to go and shop for new ways to live and the only y'all know the only place that we can shop to, to to tell us the type of clothes we should be wearing the bible We got to go get the knowledge of of what my pants supposed to look like, my spiritual pants. What is my new blouse supposed to look like? What is my new coat supposed to look like? Because Paul is telling me all my old clothes, they don't fit no more because I got a new life. So now I got to learn how to go and shop for some new stuff. So it says, put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of his creator. Huh. Okay, so your new self, watch this, is being renewed in knowledge. Well, what is this knowledge? Everybody say, the word of God gives us knowledge about our new set of clothes. Let's, let's look at Romans, uh, uh, let, well, before we go, uh, yeah, let's just look at Romans 8:29 because I keep going back to this, which means somebody probably doesn't understand what I mean. Romans 8:29. You've been raised in Christ to new life. Look at this. You've been raised in Christ to new life. Now watch this. Verse 29. So it says, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed. Everybody say predestined. All right. That that just means predetermined. God, before eternity passed, he already had predetermined you'll be saved and you will be what called out to look like his son. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed, to be shaped, to be molded to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Everybody say, Jesus is my elder brother. That's where people get that from. You hear the, the thing, Jesus is your elder brother. That's right. He's the first... And now we follow along to look like him. We're supposed to be shaped. We're supposed to be allowing ourselves to be conformed to the image of Christ. How does that happen? Paul says that we have to be renewed in the knowledge of our creator, in the image of our creator. Now, let's look at, um, let's see if I can find, yeah, let's look at Romans 12, verse 2. Romans 12 first. How does this conforming, this this transforming happen? It it, it says, everybody read this with me. Come on, read. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Everybody look up for a minute. So the pattern of this world is your old life. The lying, the cheating, the fornication, the lust, the drunkenness, the getting high. That's your old life. Everybody say, that's my old life that's the pattern of the old life. Paul says, "Don't conform to that pattern anymore." But be everybody say, "But be transformed." Come on say, "by the renewing of your mind." Look at somebody and say, "How do you renew your mind?" Come on, look at somebody and say, "How do you renew your mind?" There is nothing else that renews the mind like The word of God. Paul says, the first thing I need you to understand is I need you to understand the knowledge. You need to get the knowledge of the will of God. And now he says you need to be renewed in the knowledge of, of, of your of in the image of your creator. Paul is saying the knowledge of God, the, the new knowledge of God is what you need to have. The knowledge of God's will, how he wants you to live, how he wants you to talk, how he wants you to react to people, how he wants you to be in every situation. That's the knowledge that you need to put from the word those are your new clothes so he said said, put on new clothes but the only place you can put on those clothes is from the word the word tells you what to put on y'all understand what i'm saying everybody say the word tells me what to put on all right so 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 let's let's go back to our passage We're just going to skip to uh, verse 12, Colossians 3.12. So Paul is saying, you know, it's the knowledge that you need, the knowledge of God's will, the knowledge of his word, Uh, and and the knowledge of who Christ is it will show you where to shop for your new clothes it'll show you what to pull into your life when you take off the old the word of God the knowledge of God will show you what to pull into your life so he says these are this is the this is your shopping list now for your new clothes therefore as God's chosen people, raise your hand if you're saved, you are chosen. You were chosen to be saved. You are God's elect. Y'all know that's special, man, because everybody ain't God's elect. You've been chosen. As God chosen, as his chosen people, holy and dearly loved, watch this, clothe yourselves. Paul is telling you what your new clothes are supposed to look like. Clothe yourselves, I I need y'all to write these things down because these these are real. What's the first thing on the list? Clothe yourself with compassion. Compassion means deep felt empathy and tender mercy. Compassion means deep felt empathy and tender mercy. Empathy is deeper than sympathy. Sympathy is like, oh, you, you hear somebody went to the hospital or, or they got sick. Oh, that's sad. Empathy means that you're feeling something with them. It's going deep. It's touching you at a deeper level. Y'all understand what I'm saying? It's empathy is like you're, you're walking alongside of them as they're going through. Empathy is way deeper than sympathy. So he, Paul is saying clothe yourself first with compassion, which is deep felt empathy. It's it's a mercy that is tender, tender tender-hearted. Learn how to be tender-hearted and compassionate with people. That's your new blouse, your new pair of jeans. Compassion. How many of y'all got compassion? How many of y'all really feel deeply with people when they're going through stuff? I mean, see, I, 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 Brother Ron, I'm just going to use an example. I know he can take it. I mean, we, Brother Ron was in the hospital last week. Some of y'all said, oh, Brother Ron in the hospital. Oh, man, let me, let me finish looking at my MBA. I've got to see if my team going win. But some other people said, man, Brother Ron in the hospital. I need to call him. I, I need to see what's going on. I need to, I need to check with him. I love that man. I need to see what's going on with him for real. Everybody say, compassion. Paul says, see, you got to get away from being selfish. That's the old clothes. You got to put on the new self. Your new set of clothes. And the first thing he said is you got to start being compassionate. Everybody look up. And see, the only way that we can really do these things is by the Spirit of God within us. We read the Bible in the Spirit. Watch this. Why is the Spirit within us? We read the Bible and the Spirit empowers us to do what the Bible says. Now everybody, we're going to put a pen in right here. That is why. Listen. You cannot... Deal with God and act like he's not always with you. All during the day, you need to have a conversation. You should be having a worship and a conversation with God. All during the day, you should be thanking God. When bad stuff comes into your mind, the first thing you need to do is say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for the cross. When stuff when stuff try to depress you, you should look up to God and say, "Lord, I thank you. You're with me. I know that you got me. I praise you! Come on, somebody needs just look up right now and say, "Thank you, Lord. I know you got me. I know you're with me. I praise you right now. I refuse to let myself think in those old ways because my Father is for me, and if He's for me, who can be against me?" So when you're going through the day, you have to have this God talk for yourself. You and God, as you're going through working with a crazy boss, as you're going through looking at your bills, as you go through looking at that pain in your body, you should always have this conversation with God. God, I know you're a good father who gives good gifts to his children. I know you're here for me. I may be seeing this stuff right now, but I know this is getting better. As you do that, hope is building in you. Do y'all understand that? See, that's why it's hard for people to approach getting into the Word because you're trying to do it cold. You're trying to do it without without acknowledging God every day. But when you acknowledge God, when you pray to God, when you worship God, and then you open the Bible, the Bible begins just to jump off the page. Why? Because you're thinking kingdom-minded. You're thinking holiness. You're thinking righteousness. And the Word just begins to speak to you. Why can't you get into the Bible? Because you don't acknowledge God. God says those in Psalms, he says, if you come to and follow his feet, he gives you wisdom. He gives, he opens up his knowledge to those who worship him, who honor him, who acknowledge him. That's why a lot of people can't get into the word because they're not acknowledging God. Think about all the mess that you go through every day, all the stuff that you're exposed to, all the crazy people, all the crazy stuff. Man, I don't know how you make it as a believer without acknowledging that God is there. You got to do it, man. You got to do it. See, that, that's the thing. That, that's where we are missing it. We're, we're not getting serious about God. We're not in his word. We're not worshiping. We're not praying. And, and then we come to church and we see all this. You're like, this don't make no sense. God ain't close to me. He's far from me. Why? Because you are not taking steps toward him. So you got to put on your new clothes. He says the first part is compassion. Sure. Start, look at somebody and say, you got to start caring for people more than yourself. Come on. See, compassion is a sure way that you will start living a life that is not about you. And see, that's what this is all about. Learning how to be like Christ, living a life that is not centered around you. I want you to say this real loud to somebody. Say, man, you are so selfish. You need to get over yourself. Come on, say it real loud. Man, you are so selfish. You need to get over yourself. Everything is about you. Think about your life. Think about what you've been doing for the last week. It's all about you. It's all about What have you done with these new clothes? How have you shown compassion? Now let's move off compassion. He says the next part, the next pair, the next blouse, the next coat, the next new clothing you're supposed to put on is kindness. Come on and write this down. Kindness is doing good for others. In an unselfish way. What does that mean? I'm doing good to others, not because of how it's going to make me look, how it's going to make me feel, but I'm doing good to others because that's what I'm supposed to do in Christ. I'm supposed to put others above myself. Kindness is doing good to others. In an unselfish way. You know, a lot of times, and see, this is why sinners have a problem loving really true love because they really don't have access to the god love because sinners love is really based on what they can get out of it i want to get married because i i desire a husband so they can help me i want to get married because i want a wife so she can help me i want to be with somebody i want to i need somebody see love can be selfish on that level but the God kind of love it doesn't look toward, it doesn't look back at myself, it looks to the other person. So what is kindness? Doing good for others in an unselfish way. Can I ask you a question? What have you done for someone in an unselfish way lately? Lately. 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 You know, the old Janet Jackson song, what have you done for me lately? What have you done for God lately? What have you done for your brother sister lately? I'm dating myself now, boy, because that's a whole song now. So, so, so the issue is, <laughs> what have you done lately in kindness, in an unselfish way? Raise your hand if you've ever been selfish. Come on, just raise your hand. Let me see if I'm talking to people who are going to be honest today. Everybody in here! If you didn't raise your hand, you're lying. You just straight up lied. I don't want nobody to know I'm saying we already know you selfish. We already know it. We were born that way. Paul is saying you got to get rid of that and put on these new clothes. So he says, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, and this man, humility to write this down. Clothe yourself with humility. Humility means it comes from the word what? Humble. Humble means low, right? So he says, clothe yourself with humility, which means to be in a low position toward others on purpose. What? Be in a low position with others on, a, on purpose. You, you, you're on purpose going in and saying, I'm going to make myself low So I can do some good. So so something good can come out of this situation. That is not the American way, Pastor. We want to be number one. We want to be on top of everything. But I'm not finished with that definition. Being in a low position toward others on purpose, placing others above yourself. That's the new clothes. I mean, y'all know some of us don't feel good with these clothes. Some of these clothes too tight for us. It's like, I don't like that. I like my old clothes. Because I like doing stuff for myself. I like myself to look good. But now Paul says, you got to humble yourself before other people. Place others above yourself. See, in our church community, we should be some of the most compassionate, kind, and humble people you ever did want to meet. We should be, and see, when you're like that, you begin to, people begin to take notice of you because you're going to be so different because you're not going to be motivated by yourself. You're going to be motivated by how can I help you get to where you need to get. Now, check this out. When we're all like that, that means somebody's gonna be in your corner helping you as you helping somebody else. Yep, somebody's gonna be there for you because you already I hear you're thinking, well, if I don't take care of myself, who gonna? We're supposed to take care of each other. We're supposed to be there for each other, amen? So it says these are the clothes you put on, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness. This is probably one of the bigger pieces I thought as I looked at this, it, it, it's really interesting. Gentleness, what is that? To walk in grace toward people. That's the first part of gentleness. To walk in grace toward people. You know, be nice. Be nice, right? Be easy with people. Don't give people such a hard time. Stop being bitter and mean looking. Smile, man, be gentle. Amen. Look at somebody just smile and Say, be gentle. Come on, just say, be gentle. Be gentle. Be gentle. Smile, man. It's going to be okay. But this is the part of gentleness that, that, I, that I found that, that really, it really caught my attention. That's the first part of gentleness, but this really caught my attention. Gentleness in the Greek, it really means, watch this, a willingness to suffer injury or insult from a person. Rather than inflicting that pain on someone else, let me say it again. Gentleness is a willingness to suffer injury or insult from a person rather than inflicting that pain on someone else. <sighs> Man, these new clothes kind of tight. I'm telling you, man. I don't know be, I'd be like, Paul, you sure about these clothes? Who, what's inside? Too smart. These clothes tight, man. Gentleness, yeah. Be easy with people. Be gracious toward people. But be willing to suffer injury or insult from someone else. Hmm and not inflict that pain toward another person. Did y'all know how difficult it is? That's why I said our flesh, the, the, that's why Paul said you got to take off them fleshly clothes because you ain't going to look like Jesus. Do you recognize that Jesus took all this insult, every, almost every day he walked on earth, he was taking insult after insult after insult, after insult and he still went to the cross. He was injured every day, every day. Everywhere he went, people were trying to kill him. One place, they tried to throw him off a cliff. They tried to stone him. Everything they could do, they tried to destroy him. People were planning in the back room how to kill Jesus. He took all of that insult and injury, yet he went to the cross. Paul is saying... We've been conformed, we're being conformed to the image of Christ. We're being conformed to the, to the knowledge of our creator. So Paul is saying the new clothes. We're supposed to look like Jesus in these new clothes. So we're supposed to be able to take insult and injury from people. Everybody got to stand up on this one, man. Come on, stand up. We, we got to stand up. We, we got to stand up on this. We, we, we got to get real with God. Because most people are not here. Most, most people are going to fall on their sword right here on this point. Gentleness ain't a part of it. Y'all do know gentleness is, is a fruit of the Spirit. Let me say, it is a fruit of the Spirit. Come on, somebody just lift your hand and say, Father, help me to allow this fruit to grow up in me now just put your hands down and just continue to pray I'm going to say Father God show me strengthen me help me to be able to take insult without retaliating That's when you're really looking like your your Savior Jesus. And go around and just hug a couple people and say I know that hurt. Come on just, just hug a couple people and say I know that hurt. Come on but we got to get this right. Come on just hug a couple people and say I know that hurt. Come on just say I know that hurt. But we got to get this right. Come on say but we got to get this right. We got to get this right. You got to be able to take some insult. You got to be able to take some injury. I know that hurt. I know that hurt. I know that hurt because the flesh always wants to rise up and retaliate. The flesh always wants to rise up and say, no, I'm right and you're wrong. But the image of our creator, the image of Christ says, no, you're going you're to you're grow up to a point in, in Christ. You're going to be Christ-like in your maturity, and you're going to be able to take insult without flying off the handle, without cussing folks out you're gonna remain gentle. Whew. Man, some of us need to go on a quick fast with that one, boy, because that thing still ain't in our spirit right there, boy. We, we, we need some help from, from God on high with that one, from, from, We need a mountaintop experience with that one, boy. <laughs> so he says, these are new clothes. Compassion, kindness, Humility, gentleness, and patience. What is patience? It's similar to gentleness, but it's a little different. Because patience is long-suffering with people when they are difficult and hard to deal with without trying to get back at them. Long-suffering. Everybody say long-suffering. Man, you got to be long-suffering. You got to be patient with your husband, with your wife, with your children. Long, everybody say long-suffering when they are difficult and hard to deal with. See, right, right, right there, we get to a place where, okay, they're difficult, they're hard to deal with, and you say, I, I got long-suffering, but then in the back of your mind, you think, I'm going to get back at them get back at them. I'm going to get back at them. I'm going to get back at them. You already got a plan. Your flesh is already trying to come on. I'm going to get back at them. Nope. 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 I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't wasting no more time. I'm not. Nope. Mm-mm. I, I didn't waited long enough. You need to get this straight or you out. You need, you need to get this straight or you are dead to me. That's how we act in the church man. We just write people off. But these new clothes, it says I'm supposed to be patient and long-suffering. How long is long? I don't know. Long enough until you can find some peace. New clothes. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone forgive as the Lord forgave you Lord help us compassion kindness gentleness humbleness patience now you're going to throw forgiveness in there It's hard to forgive some people, man, because some people crazy treat you wrong when you hadn't really done anything to them, say bad words towards you, do bad things like the craziest stuff you ever thought you would see. But Paul says, forgive them as the Lord forgave you. Come on, one more time, let's do some spiritual work. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. Come on, say, Father God, help me to learn how to forgive. Come on, say, Father, help me to learn how to forgive. Come on, as your hands are up, just listen to me. We are not born with this. We've been born again. We have the capacity, but I'm telling you, our old residual mind and and our old ways we think, it's going to come against this forgiveness. So as your hands are raised, come on, say, Father God, help me to grow up in this. Help me to grow up in this. Help Christ to grow up in me in this area that I may walk in true forgiveness Help me to let people off the hook. Help me to to let people off the hook as you let me off. There are some people in your life that you need to forgive. Because all you have to do is just search around your life. If there's not peace, that means that there's no forgiveness somewhere. If there's not peace, there's, the gentleness is broken. If there's not peace, the compassion is broken. If there's not peace, something is happening in that relationship that needs to be resolved. And Paul is saying these new clothes that you put on will allow you to get to a place of love and peace. So verse 14, because he says in verse 14, watch this, he says... And over all these virtues, in other words, over all these clothes that I'm telling you put on. Put on what? Love. Which binds them all together in perfect unity. What is he saying? It's just like the fruit of the Spirit. All those fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, all those things operate through love. Watch this. Paul is saying all these clothes, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, they all operate through love. You gotta put on love. It's gonna bind all these things. It's gonna, in other words, think about a suit of clothes. And you got all this compassion and you got, you got all the, you got forgiveness and humility, all this judgment. Think about a suit of clothes. You got your pants on, you got, but there's one thing missing. Your belt. Love is the belt that holds up the suit. Paul is saying, put the belt on that's going to bind all these things together and hold them up in your life. If you don't allow love to flow, you won't be able to walk in compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and forgiveness. Because love is the thing through Christ, through the power of the Spirit, that's going to allow you to walk in those virtues. The very essence of love is putting others above yourself. For God so loved the world, this is the same word, love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He demonstrated this type of love for us as he gave his best to us, for us. When he could have easily sent us all of us to hell and started this thing all over. But he thought of us above how hard it would be to put his son on the cross. And Paul is saying, in the new self, you have to put these virtues, these clothes on, and allow yourself to be renewed in your thinking as you, would read the word. Everybody say, I gotta read the Word so i can be informed so i can spiritually be changed because when you get the word in your mind it changes your thinking i remember my father used to always say stinking thinking how how do you get rid of stinking thinking what you got to wash it out with the soap of the word the power of the word can change your mind so that what you can walk in a new way of living That's why it's so important to read the word every day, because if you don't, you're going to want to grab them old clothes and put them on. Them old clothes are selfish, mean, rude, self-seeking, unforgiving, unloving, not kind. Them the old clothes. Paul said, no, you've been born again. You've been raised to new life in Christ. You have a whole new set of clothes to put on. And as you put them on, you gotta have love that kind of ties around your waist to keep all that stuff flowing in your life. It's my last passage. I wanna I wanna move forward to Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty one. Let's just look at this for a moment. I'm gonna end there. Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty one. The old ways want to get back with people. The old ways, you know, it's a retaliatory. It's, it's a getting revenge way. It's a proud way. It's a, it's a it, everything is about me way. Again, it's harsh. It's impatient. See, that's the old suit of clothes. But watch this. How do you begin to, to get those new clothes? How do you begin to really feel comfortable in those new clothes? Ephesians 4, Paul says this, verse 21. He says, when you heard about Christ... And we're taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life. You know, them old clothes. To put off your old self. Again, it's like putting off old stuff, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. He says, when you learn about Christ, what are you learning? You're learning how to be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on the new self. See, your mind is made new every day as you read the word. As you read the word, it begins to help you to learn how to put on love and compassion and forgiveness and humility and gentleness, right? It says put on, take off your old self, which is being corrupted. Put on... uh, To be made new. Be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on the new self. Everybody say put on the new self. Read it with me. Created to be what? Like God. How? In true righteousness and holiness. We were made to look like Jesus. And who is Jesus? He's God in the flesh. We were made to be like God. That's the whole point. God wants to take us from sinful, rebellious, horrible acting toward other people to loving people like he does. This is the whole story of putting on the new self. The new self is in Christ. So my question is, how how are you doing with your new clothes? Have you been to the store yet? Have you, have you started shopping yet? Have you, you know, you have some people when they go to the store, they just kind of walk around and look, and the person comes and say, can I help you? You say, oh, no, I'm just looking. Look at somebody and say, you got to get past the just looking stage. Come on, say, you got to get past the just looking stage. And you got to start getting some new clothes to put on your new life in Christ.